This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. Quick look at the NFC, uh, the NFC standings this morning as I struggle here right out of the gate. That's much like the Arizona Cardinals. Slow starts here on a Tuesday. But if you look at the current NFC West standings, gentlemen, every single team is 2-2. Two and two. And Kyle, we can thank the San Francisco 49ers for that after they beat the Rams last night. I, I'll be honest, I, I was completely rooting for the 49ers in that contest because now going to week five and it's basically a reset after the first quarter of the league, of the season. Yeah, we're, we're in good shape right now. I mean, uh, tied for the lead in the division. Um, it looks like it's wide open. I mean, uh, the Rams are, are struggling. They're not a finished product. Um, the Niners have been inconsistent week in and week out. Um, and, you know, tied with a, a Seattle team that's better than we thought, but is, is definitely not, um, you know, they're not a dominant team. They're not great. So here we are, um, you know, four weeks in and, um, you know, sitting tied at the top and, and um, you know, still just right around the corner. We've got DeAndre Hopkins coming back. We're getting players back off of IR um, and the team is playing itself into better football. Overall, though, Drew, you look at the league, 15 of the 32 teams are 2-2. Two and two. Now, I'm sure Roger Goodell loves that. Maybe the individual teams not so much, but it does show how much there is balance across the league. Well, I think you look at a lot of moving pieces that happen in the offseason, right? And then you look at what happened in preseason. And typically you see offenses behind anyways, but offenses are far behind. The ones that are clicking on all cylinders are ones that have continuity or have a stable head coach, quarterback, offensive coordinator system in place. And then you look at these things and it always comes down to turnovers, right? That's why the Cardinals were able to win this past weekend is because they were very good in situational football. They were very good in complementary football. And they were also great in the turnover ratio. This week, though, they're dealing against the league-leading 4-0 plus 8 turnover ratio Eagles. And so what do you do now? And, again, we talked about it on the wrap-up show on on Sunday. No matter how this season started for the Cardinals, there was going to be skeptics. There was going to be skeptics across the board, and they remain skeptical until December comes. But this team has dealt with adversity. They've done a nice job of that. This defense, which we weren't necessarily relying on to be the strength, has been the strength. And, you know, there is uh, reinforcements coming with DeAndre, as Kyle was talking about. This offense is figuring itself out. It's starting to be able to do this, a lot of different moving pieces. But there is some encouraging signs from this defense because these turnovers are coming in bunches. They're getting after the quarterback as a collective whole. There's many signs to point to optimism within this division. It's just it's far different than we ever imagined one month ago at this time. It was the defense that led the Cardinals to a victory on Sunday in Carolina. Final score 26-16. But before we get into the nuts and bolts, 
Colts in that one. It's what happened before the game even began. In fact, 9.14 a.m. Arizona time, about 45 minutes before we hit the air with the NFL kickoff show. And J.J. Watt, in his own words, breaking his own news that on Thursday he, quote, had his heart shocked back into rhythm. And then now, three days later, Kyle, he's on the football field. Certainly a shock to a lot of us, but J.J. Watt, mentioned repeatedly that it was something that he was not going to do any more damage he was assured by a number of different people that he could play if he wanted to he did play and he played very very well yeah you know he showed at the end of last year coming back as quickly as he did from that injury um, how important it was to be on the field how much it means to him to be there for his teammates um, how desperately he wants to um, contribute to either the successes or be there with his teammates if there is failures um, it, you know, oftentimes we forget uh, the human side of, of some of these stories. And um, this is just another example. I mean, it's not your typical injury. It's it's something that's potentially um, life altering, life threatening. And then when you factor in, I mean, we can all attest to, um, you know, the, the probably the biggest change in how you live your life is when you have your first child and the fact that he he has, you know, a son on the way. Um, you could see the emotional side of him um, when, you know, it's not just football anymore. It's not just dealing with injuries. It's dealing with something um, that's a little bit uh, more serious and, and potentially, um, you know, it, it can be scary and, and life-altering. Well, let's hear from J.J. Watt. Addressed the issue pregame via social media. Postgame, J.J. Watt standing in front of reporters and discussing the decision to play with a newborn on the way. For months we've been looking at ultrasounds of our baby boy and uh, they're all extremely happy and Thursday we were looking at ultrasound of my heart. It was it was very tough. It's, it's been it's been a week. It's been a week but uh, happy to be here. Happy to uh, yeah I mean it's been tough you know it was uh, it was just weird just weird. I have a baby on the way. <laughs> he also mentioned that he was certainly not happy that the story was leaked, and that's why he went on social media to announce it before it was reported, and I believe it was Jay Glazer on Fox that was the one who put it on those pregame shows. Kyle, you've played with a number of injuries, but this this is different than a broken bone, a pulled muscle. This is, this is your heart, and... I'll give him credit for playing. I just don't know if, if I'm in that situation, I could have done what he did. Yeah, I don't know how many people would. Um, you know, like uh, like you just mentioned, it's not your typical ankle sprain. It's it's not a shoulder um, that you can manage through a game. You just don't know. Um, yeah, and you know, a lot of credit goes to the Cardinals. A lot of credit goes to the doctors involved. Um, you know, the due diligence that was that was done before this game to make sure that everything was going to be okay. Um, you know, I guess he was given assurance by, by many doctors and many experts that, um, you know, there would be no further risk by playing in the game. And, um, you know, but still, um, you know, all of this happened uh, fair, fairly late in the week. Um, and like you could just hear the weight of the decision and how hard it was for him. Um, and again, football players are, you know, the thing that separates them and makes them different is, you um, 
their ability to deal with adversity, to deal with pain, to uh, push away outside distractions and just focus on the task at hand. Um, but saying that, um, you know, again, like you said, it was it was a week. It was he had a lot going on. It's not your typical preparation week dealing with all of those, not just distractions, but um, you know, scary distractions and, and being in a hospital and, and getting put under to to have your heart shocked back into rhythm. Speaking of adversity, this team continues to play by, from behind, Drew, and it was the case on Sunday, trailing 10-3 to at halftime before the offense finally woke up. We're four games now in. That's a nice sample size. You're a quarter away into the regular season. Cardinals still have not scored a point in the first quarter. They are minus 50 in the first half. Yeah, you can beat the Panthers. Maybe you can have a miracle comeback against the Raiders, but that is not going to happen against the Eagles on Sunday. No, you know, and uh, you have to get it figured out. You have to identify what it is. And again, I think it just is a matter of getting 11 guys on the same page. It's a matter of getting a script where Kyler feels comfortable. I know that was one thing when I was starting the handful of games that I did is I was able to go say, okay, this is my favorite play action. This is my favorite bootleg. This is my favorite quick game. This is my favorite shot play. So you try and get them all up within the first 15, and maybe it's a matter of that. Uh, I don't really know how they're operating within those confines, but at the same time, Kyler needs to settle in. He needs to take charge, play the first half like he has the second half because he's done such a good job and I don't know if that's adjustments I don't know what it is sometimes we get enamored with the fact that the big plays aren't hitting but the run game and sticking with the run game is so so important you can never win a game in the first half it's not possible it's what you have to do in the second half and yes you would love to start fast they have not been able to do that but they need to do that this week and again I think it just comes with continuity staying the course and uh, and worrying about the stuff you do have control over Kyler scored all three of his touchdowns in the second half two passing scores and a rushing touchdown plus a Matt Prater field goal and all of a sudden the Cardinals had a 26 to 10 lead it finishes 26 to 16 speaking to the Cardinals quarterback here he is post game on once again starting slow you know slow start um on the road felt great I just think you know third downs we didn't execute well early and then you know we came back in halftime you know nobody was down nobody was pressing anything like that after you know I throw pick six Fought adversity, defense played a hell of a game. Finally kicked it in gear come second half. I found our rhythm, which is part of the, you know, I think that's part of the problem is we haven't, there's no rhythm at the you know, beginning of the game. It's, it's um, you know, we're kind of just, we're, we're sleepwalking out there. You know, that's what it feels like. So six quarters since we touched the end zone. Felt brand new to be in the end zone. It's crazy. Yeah, the Kyler Murray to Zach Ertz score in the third quarter was basically which tied the ball game up, and that was the first offensive touchdown scored since the fourth quarter at Las Vegas. So you have to go all the way back to week two. Bottom line, though, Cardinals do get the job done. They improved to 2-2. Two and two. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on being 500 after the first quarter of the year. Yeah, I feel 2-2. Um, two and two. <laughs> Like, I think that was the whole mission going into this week, whatever it took, and it was not pretty, and, and we still haven't uh, hit our stride on offense. There's no doubt. You've seen spurts, and I talked to the guys today. We have the talent, have the effort, but we haven't put it together coaching or uh, playing yet, and so that's got to come soon, and, and it needs to come this week if we're going to have a chance against these guys. It's going to be a talking point all week long, Kyle, in addition to the home struggles, but this team has to find a way. You don't need to score on the first possession, but you do need to be able to put points on the board in the first 15 minutes of a game. 
No, you're absolutely right. Um, and it, it needs to be fixed. We keep talking about, um, you know, it, this can't continue. Um, and, you know, thank goodness the defense came out, uh, started the game with a ton of energy, played fast, played physical, um, and didn't let this game get out of hand. Um, you know, another possible statistical anomaly is um, this week you're going up against a Philadelphia team uh, that scored 85 second quarter points, which is astounding through four games. Um, so, you know, you can't get off to a slow start or you may fall too far behind to have a comeback like they have twice this year. So, um, it, you know, they've, they've got to find, like Kyler said, they've got to find that rhythm. They've got to find the, the, have the ability to move the chains, particularly early in a game, um, so that, um, you know, you can at least build off of it. You, you can set things up. But when you're just going three and out, three and out, four and out, five and out, whatever it is, um, you're getting no flow. You're not setting anything up. You're not able to read how the defense is playing certain things to make the proper sideline adjustments. Um, so, you know, I think, again, if there is a key to winning this game, it is the offense just has to get off to a faster start. And, you know, I guess that's pretty obvious with how these first four games have gone. Cardinals on Sunday talking about the offense went three and out twice in their first three possessions. The one time they did not, they turned it over on downs on that ill-advised, which Cliff brought up post-game, put it on his shoulders, the jet sweep to Rondell Moore on fourth down, and they turned it over deep inside Panthers territory. Cardinals, though, again, get the win 26-16 to because of that defense. And that's where we'll go next here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Siki. Your ticket to great seats. A reminder, episode 44 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring broadcast legend Mike Golick premieres this week. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Dave Pash podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at Pash Pod. We're talking about a 2-2 two two Arizona Cardinals team because of its defense. That's next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Takes the snap, handoff, McCaffrey off the left side. Zayvon Collins with the tackle. Buda Baker in there as well. He didn't get it. Zayvon Collins was there first for the Cardinals. And then Golden and Baker on the takedown. Mayfield in trouble, steps up, hit, and sacked by Zach Allen back at the 20-yard line. Mayfield looks deep, throws left side. More behind him, tip, and picked off by Jalen Thompson at the 19-yard line. Mayfield's going to throw better in the air again, this time by Allen, and it's incomplete. Cardinals take over on downs. Snap to Mayfield. Field, quick throw, right side, deflected, picked off! It was tipped on the far side and intercepted by Gardeck at the 20, inside the 10 and out of bounds, inside the 5. J.J. Watt tipped it into the air, Gardeck picked it off. Here's what the defense accomplished on Sunday. Season highs in total takeaways and interceptions, then allowed season lows for total points, offensive points, first downs, third down percentage, total net yards, rushing yards, net passing yards, average yards per play, and time of possession. And they did that all on the road in Carolina. Cardinals get the win 26-16 because of the defense and their efforts on Sunday. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Rayleigh, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch. And we'll start with the defensive standouts amongst the three of us. Sorry, Drew. Kyle, what did you make of the effort by Vance Joseph's team on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers? I know the Panthers not world beaters on offense, but still, they are a capable NFL team. 
Yeah, I thought it was a masterful game plan um, and execution of that game plan. It looked like the defense came out. I mean, they were certainly ready for this game, um, like I mentioned earlier. They looked like they were playing faster, playing more physical. Um, you know, again, for three straight weeks to limit the best player um, on the opposing offense, uh, they did an incredible job against Christian McCaffrey. He got some um, garbage yardage and uh, a touchdown late. Um, you know, again, um, you know, the encouraging signs moving forward is um, some of these younger players are starting to play well. Zaven Collins, I thought, played his best game of the season. Um, you know, Isaiah Simmons was in there 43 snaps, um, which was a big increase. So, um, you know, he's obviously playing more consistently down in and down out. Um, you know, uh, Trayvon Mullen starting to get some snaps at corner. With you know, you've got Antonio Hamilton coming back. So um, this defense, you know, even though they played a, a really good ball game, there's there's certainly reason for optimism going forward that um, it's either going to continue um, or you know they're going to even play better um, with some of these younger pieces and, and getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of those players, though, Drew, are in the same system for multiple seasons, whether it's two or three. Vance Joseph here now, continuity on the coaching staff and the same system and yeah, it might have taken a little while, but this defense, I think, now understands its purpose and the individual roles on that defense. Yeah, I mean, they're playing as a unit, most importantly, right? They're in the right space. They're doing all the things, and it's a, it's a sophisticated defense. You see how they try and double guys. They're trying to do different things. They change this post-snap picture. Guys can't be out of alignment. They've got to be all moving as, as one, and it's got to happen right at the snap of the ball, and guys have to get to their alignment, their assignment. They have to be able to do all these things, and that's what I think is so impressive, right? If you look at the eight batted balls that they had, especially up front, they're getting pretty pressure on the quarterback they're doing it different ways without having to blitz you know the the number of blitz percentage that we saw that week one is not sustainable and you saw what happens when guys can handle the blitz so in saying that you can manufacture pressure a lot of different ways knowing the team that you're going up against again it's very very impressed by Vance Joseph of what he did schematically because Ben McAdoo even when he was in New York right everything's quick game it's stagnant it's very mundane of how they go about doing it they just try and do it very very well uh, so in saying that, you shut down the rush, you get your hands up, you are able to do that, you affect the game that way, and you madden them and shorten drives down and keep them off the field. I mean, anytime that, that you can keep Christian McCaffrey to 27 yards rushing, and they had been rushing the ball really well, right? You make them one-dimensional, but taking away what they do best, that's a huge win. Uh, they've got a tough task of that this week. McCaffrey's lowest rushing total since 2019, the 27 yards he gained on Sunday. And you talk about the eight passes defense, five of those from Zach Allen and J.J. Watt. In fact, here is head coach Cliff Kingsbury on the young defensive end, Zach Allen, playing in a contract year. He's a guy that just has gotten bigger, stronger, faster, has really worked at. He's stuck around here and, and trained um, with Buddy and, and been here. One of those guys that doesn't take an offseason, really just stays here and works. And uh, I think Coach Burke has been really good for him. His uh, style of coaching and, and uh, technique really fits Zach's game. And uh, he's really come into his own. And, and JJ being here has helped. I mean, to be able to learn from that guy, how he plays and, and the intensity that he practices and works out has definitely helped him. In addition to the three passes, defense, six tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, two quarterback hits. And this is something that I think the Cardinals have been waiting to see, but they've been waiting for Zach Allen to be healthy. And I think he is finally healthy after a couple of off seasons dealing with injuries and then working on his body. 
getting stronger and you're seeing the benefits of the past two off seasons. Yeah, he's turned himself into a difference maker. Um, you know, watching him, he, he, his production was a bit quieter through the first three, uh, but he was active and he was winning. Um, I, I mean, even going back to the the opener against Kansas City, um, he was doing a phenomenal job in the pass rush. He was getting pressure. He was getting back there, um, just wasn't able to finish. Um, and so um, it was so good to see him have that type of game where he really was a factor in the outcome of the game. Um, and I loved, um, you know, going back to not just his play, Zach Allen's play, but uh, Vance Joseph's game plan. Um, you know, I heard Zach Allen, I heard J.J. Watt, I heard Buda Baker talk about how they made it a point of emphasis all week uh, to get your hands up because, uh, you know, he has a low trajectory and the ball comes out low. Um, you know, paying uh, attention to small details like that, it might not seem like much, um, but you can see how it had affected the game. I mean, to get a knockdown on third down, to tip a ball in the air that causes an interception, those are huge game-changing plays. So it's not always about... Um, getting sacks. It's not always about getting pressure on the quarterback. It's also about being a smart player. When you are stymied at the line of scrimmage and you're not winning your pass rush, get your hands up and try to get it in a passing lane and and try to affect the the pass um, that way. Batted balls are going to happen, Drew, but five at the line of scrimmage. How frustrating is that as a quarterback when you know you're going to have some tight throwing lanes and all of a sudden every lane you thought you might have there's a right hand there's a left hand there might be a couple hands up in the air that is also affecting what you want to do with the football yeah it's extremely hard right that that's part of what happens when you try and do so much quick game or these rpos right of understanding that's how that offense kind of generates their quick game is through that so you shut down the rush you get your hands up that's a extremely high number. That's something that you know is advantageous for this defense to be able to do that because it stalls drives out. Those are incomplete passes. Uh, you're not able to do anything with those, and they were very timely when they came up, especially. So, in saying that, kudos again. The the, the devil is in the details of how they go about doing it, and uh, Vance Joseph being able to point that out, identify that is key because those are little things, the games within the game that will ultimately allow you to go win. And, of course, the challenge this week, a very good Philadelphia Eagles team, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But four games into the season, it's not a question, Kyle, that this defense is the story as far as why this team has won two ball games, And I don't think a lot of us expected that here in 2022. Yeah, um, the expectations, like you talked about, um, were low just because of you know the investment. Um, no big name free agents were brought in. Um, you know, you're depending on draft picks that – um, came a little bit later in the draft to contribute. So, um, you, you know, you just kind of thought that the offense was going to score a ton of points and the defense was going to do just enough to win games. And what we're seeing is the opposite. And again, a tremendous credit goes to Vance Joseph. It goes to the players on this defense. I mean, you're seeing I, – I, I don't know that I've witnessed – um, players improve so much from week one to week four because week one um, it looked like players were out of position, misaligned, were trailing um, players in coverage. Um, you know, the it looked like we still had deficiencies in the run game, and then here we are, week four, and it looks like none of those problems exist anymore. Zayvon Collins, how much is that a part of the improvement? That fourth down stop. He blew up the guard, made the tackle along with Marcus Golden to stop McCaffrey for no gain on that first possession. I thought that I thought that set the tone for the rest of the ball game. No, you're absolutely right. That was a huge stop. 
Um, and, you know, he's always been big, fast, physical. Now he's trusting his eyes. He's seeing the right things. He's pulling the trigger much quicker. Um, he's getting off blocks quicker. Um, all of these things that, you know, we've been talking about really through the preseason games, um, he just needed reps. He needed time on the field. He needed live reps against a real offense um, to be able to recognize things and, and improve. And, you know, all indications of, of Zayvon Collins is he's, he's a student of the game. And to get things on tape and recognize what things he's good at, what things he needs to continue to work on, um, obviously that's paid huge dividends for him because I think um, – in, you know, there's a lot of players that have improved since last season, but he has improved the most in season, I think, especially on this defense. A second-year player, Drew, and sometimes it's hard to be patient with these young players because you get drafted in the first round and everyone expects immediate results. I mean, that's what the investment is, to be ready week one, your first year. And For some of these players, for Zayvon Collins specifically, he's already matched his or surpassed his tackle total from last year here through four, the first four games of this season. Yeah, and you look at training camp, right? The You didn't know what to expect uh, with both of these linebackers, right? both these first-round draft picks of saying, okay, what are we going to do? How are they going to fit into the mix here uh, to be able to help us go out and win? Because you've got to hit on those first-round picks. Those draft picks have to be difference makers, especially when there were so many question marks at corner or who they were going to get for pass rushers, all of these things, right? There are so many question marks. Those question marks are starting to diminish with Zayvon Collins. He's showing it up on film. He's able to learn from the film, as Kyle was talking about. He's getting guys lined up. He's playing faster. He is making an impact exactly as you would hope he would and sometimes that just takes a little bit of time it could be as simple as fact as you know what everybody kind of got off his back because we're like where's where did isaiah simmons go why, why is he in, out here and zayvon's probably like, oh god he can probably just exhale and go play football because everybody's not wondering why he's not out there so in saying that you know like it, it could be something as simple as that or he's just getting better he's getting reps and the biggest thing you need to have as a young player is a desire and a hunger to get better. And he's said that time and time again. He understands that it's a process, and the process is paying off for him. Isaiah Simmons, we've talked about him a couple of times. 43 of the 52 defensive snaps, 83% overall. He had played just 31 snaps the past two weeks combined. So maybe the light bulb has finally clicked with Isaiah Simmons. And now you got those two big, tall trees, as the head coach and general manager have talked about, now in the middle of that defense. Of course, again, the challenge this week is the Philadelphia Eagles, which we'll touch on momentarily. But there is some more work to be done, talking about the offense and what Hollywood Brown continues to do here early in his Cardinals career. As we have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. We continue here every Tuesday, 11 a.m., year-round, Talking Arizona Cardinals football on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Third and two on the 23 for the Panthers. Snap to Murray. Going to throw. And it's a fade right side for Brown in the end zone. Brown hauls it in. And it's a touchdown. What a catch by Hollywood. Does a snow angel on the ground in celebration after just a phenomenal catch for probably the dagger in this ballgame. That is a flat shovel to the face of the Carolina Panthers. 
Six catches, 88 yards for Hollywood Brown. Once again, showing that quarterback wide receiver chemistry, and it was on full display Sunday as the Cardinals beat the Panthers 26-16. to As we welcome back here, second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Wheeler, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch here talking about the Cardinals' Week 4 win. They are 2-2, two and two, getting ready to host the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. Speaking of Sunday, in two weeks' time, in fact, Sunday, October 30th, Join us for the first-ever Cardinals 5K and watch party at State Farm Stadium. Get a chance to run through State Farm Stadium, then stick around to watch the Cardinals take on the Vikings. First 1,000 registers will receive a free ticket to the Cardinals-Seahawks game on November 6th. For more information, go to azcardinals.com slash 5K. I can put both of you down for this 5K run because you guys are such incredible athletes, have stayed in shape since your playing careers. So I got Drew Stanton and Kyle Vandenbosch on this, right? Uh, do I get a free ticket? It's, it's too many Ks. <laughs> yeah. too many, is there a 1K option? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I also didn't hear, is it a run walk or, uh, is, yeah. or is it just a run? It says run, but I'm sure at I your can hand pace. out water. I can <laughs> hand out water. I'm real good at that. <laughs> Again, the first ever Cardinals 5K and watch party at State Farm Stadium Sunday, October 30th. Go to azcardinals.com slash 5K for more information. As we continue to break down the Week 4 contest and that Hollywood Brown touchdown catch, the great throw, great catch, and the quarterback wide receiver chemistry. We've talked about it since Hollywood was brought in, acquired on April on draft night, and we're seeing it here. Maybe didn't see it Week 1, but Drew, we are now seeing that Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, teammates at Oklahoma, they know each other, and that nonverbal communication where it's just a quick glance, head nod, hand signal, and all of a sudden, doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, that ball is going to go to number two. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the coverage dictates that, what you're able to do, but I think you also see the comfort level. And there are certain guys that you just you just feel more comfortable throwing to them. You have a better feel for what they're going to do, how they're going to get in and out of stuff, where the ball location can go, their catch radius, all of those things. I mean, the guy that comes to mind when I was here for Cardinals fans was John Brown. He was just easy to throw to. He, he was very friendly to the quarterback. He understood concepts. He was so fast that he had so much cushion that you could throw underneath routes to him. You could throw speed outs to him. You could do all these things, and people would be running for the hills. And then if they squatted at all, you also know you could put it out there way out in front of him because he would to go get it so a guy like that that you just automatically gravitate towards and then the, and, you know quite honestly there's the other ones that it's a struggle where you're like okay they break down here they don't come out of the route as quickly it's so hard to throw to them and you know as a quarterback when you've been around this league for a while you can identify those guys that are like, you just don't have a feel for them so you need to get a ton of reps and, and there's everything in between this is not that case. This is the case where they were together in college, and they are so comfortable that, yes, to your point, almost to a fault at times, Kyler's looking over there saying, okay, yeah, I've got exactly what I want pre-snap. I'm going to go ahead and take this, as opposed to maybe getting a first down underneath the sticks. I'm going to take a shot here. I'm going to go for a touchdown. I'm going to go for a lower percentage throw. But in his mind, it's not a lower percentage throw because of the connection they have. 11 targets on Sunday, and right now Hollywood Brown, third in the league in catches, seventh in receiving yards and it's great you don't have a DeAndre Hopkins so you need that number one wide receiver and we're all wondering what it's going to look like talking about the offense when Hop comes back but just to have that Hollywood Brown a young wide receiver that you hope now can grow within this offense not just this year but years to come yeah absolutely and and you're seeing um 
you're, you're seeing the trust grow, and that, that's been huge for Kyler Murray uh, since he's been in the league. He finds players that he trusts, um, and he will continue to look to them. Um, and, you know, last week's game, um, you know, a lot of his catches he, he were um, the underneath throws, the, what they were giving him. But what you're seeing is Kyler starting to develop trust when he is covered, when he has those 50-50 balls, when, when it is contested, um, and Hollywood Brown keeps catching those balls. So, um, you know, you can expect him to continue to target him. I mean, you see that relationship uh, with Kyler and Zach Ertz, um, a player he trusts and continues to look to. Um, and it's going to continue to grow with Hollywood Brown. And like like you said, um, you know, you've got weapons coming back on offense. They're working Rondell Moore in. Um, you've got Antoine Wesley coming off of IR. And then you've got D-Hop coming back in a couple of weeks. And, you know, the, the hope is that this offense begins to look like we expected it to look like from the beginning. You bring up Zach Ertz. He was targeted six times, six catches, 47 yards, and the other touchdown, the two that – Kyler Murray had on Sunday. One went to Hollywood. The other went to Zach Brown. Or Zach Ertz, excuse me. As a little, little country music there for you, Drew, right yeah. there. Are you like that? A chicken fry. <laughs> Bottom line, though, the offense able to do what they were getting the game back to their side as far as coming back from that 10-3 halftime deficit because of the defense. Here is head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I thought defense playing so well in the first half allowed us not to get too far behind where we had to um, just kind of scrap it and go two minute or get into different things to really uh, push the pace and, and that, that helped. Um, we rushed the ball like that. Uh, we're a better football team and I thought our O-line really battled a really good front all, all day. Brings up the rushing attack of the Cardinals. 132 on 37 carries. There's that 30 mark. Cardinals are undefeated of the last Next two years. That. 10-0 and when they hit that magical 30-carry mark, but it was Connor, it was James Connor, Eno Benjamin, Daryl Williams, and Kyler Murray all in the mix to keep it balanced as far as running the football. Yeah, and we talked about it. the red zone runs for Kyler I love. I, I think that it's good because it was inside zone, it was outside. They were very creative, and that's where you want to take advantage because you don't have to worry about him getting hit as much. He's not in as much harm's way. If he's pulling it out, it's good. You love to see that rotation. I'm sure all the fantasy owners that have James Conner aren't happy, but uh, I believe it was Nymea Hines that said players don't play the game for fantasy football. So in saying that, you see the wins, you see the effect. When they can get to that number as high as it is, it just controls the game, and it isn't sexy. It's none of the things that anybody likes in football except for the offensive line coaches that exist and the running backs coaches because you're establishing the run, and it does open up those bigger plays, those chunk plays that we're so desperately wanting to see from this defense, and that's a trend in the NFL. These bend-but-don't-break style of defenses are trying to hold all of these elite wide receivers at bay. They're trying to do all of these different things. I think one thing that was wasn't really talked about the fact that Jeremy Chin went out early in that game and losing a pro safety like that has a huge effect on a defense because now you have to try to change things up you're not as comfortable what's going on they did a great job of attacking what they wanted to do offensively and once you achieve that balance you start to open up the entire playbook Cliff likes to use the word hot hand when it comes to running backs, but I might I think we might see, Kyle, a little bit more of that rotation because you do want to keep James Conner fresh. He went into that game with a knee issue the week prior. It was an ankle issue, but if you use him more in short yardage and then sprinkle in and Eno Benjamin and Darrell Williams in addition to Kyler Murray, I think if this team can run the ball on a consistent basis, that sets up everything else. 
Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of talk coming into uh, w- the season. What is this offense going to look like? How are they going to get through this stretch without DeAndre Hopkins? Um, and a lot of us thought with the talent at tight end and the talent in the running back room um, that that they were going to run the ball and control the clock. Well, they've done a great job of controlling the clock. I, I think um, time of possession, they've probably, um, you know, they've dominated a couple of these games. Um, but what you're seeing when this offense um, can – either has a lead or is in the game and and able to stay balanced you're seeing two and three tight end sets at times you're seeing two running backs in the backfield at times Um, you're seeing an offense um, that isn't as predictable an offense that um, is effective on the ground and you know to me we saw this through the first stretch of last season um, over and over when this team is was really clicking and really playing well um, you know, one of the most impressive things is is their ability to execute a four minute drill, and they did it again at the end of this game. Um, with you know, the game wasn't in hand, um, but James Conner ran the ball five times in a row, got two first downs, and then you were just able to kneel and run the clock out, and that that's huge um, to be able to execute that and do it in NFL games. Also, need to bring up when we talk about the tight end. Bring up rookie Trey McBride had his first three catches on Sunday played a lot of snaps now all of a sudden there's a new weapon that you're sprinkling in along with Rondell Moore first game back after the injury making his season debut so we'll see what happens this week when the Arizona Cardinals host the Philadelphia Eagles and we'll get into the league's only undefeated team left here in 2022 Philadelphia 4-0 and visiting State Farm Stadium this Sunday interested in that game or the rest of the home slate Single-game tickets are available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. Craig Rayalute, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Okay, does he have it? Does the running back have it? Minnesota Vikings defense wondering the same thing. Among quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts leads in rushing touchdowns and has the second most rushing yards. And that is what awaits the Arizona Cardinals defense on Sunday when they'll host the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles led by quarterback Jalen Hurts. Eagles 4-0, and Cardinals 2-2. and And that highlights Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, on Westwood 1, flashing back to Week 2 when the Eagles beat the Vikings. That game, by the way, coming up this weekend. one twenty-five is the kickoff, so 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. And we begin our discussion here, Drew, talking about Jalen Hurts. It's his third year. He ranks first in yards per attempt, eighth in completion percentage. He has played very, very well. Cardinals have not seen him since 2020 in his second career start, and he's going to be a much different-looking quarterback than what the Cardinals saw two years ago. Oh, he's got completely different weapons as well, right? If you look at what they're doing offensively, uh, number two in the league in yards, I mean, they are absolutely dominated. And 
Kyle's old defensive coordinator, Gunther Cunningham, uh, in Detroit used to always look at that stat. Yards per attempt was the biggest indicator, he thought, in his mind of what was telling of how they played. And when you're number one in the league, you're doing something right. That number, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, was seven. Anything over seven is a long day for the defense. So I'd be curious, do you have his next-gen stat there? What is it? 9.1. Oh, 9. Point, I mean, that's tremendous. Yeah, so you see that, and only not only that, they're playing great complementary football. He's only throwing two interceptions. Those are the only two turnovers. They have 10 takeaways on defense, and also I think a top-five rated defense, maybe number three, something along those lines. They are playing really, really well. They're dealing with a little bit of injuries. Guys are banged up. Darius Slay, who's an elite corner in this league, went out of the game. If he comes back, their slot corner, Avante Maddox, missed last week with an ankle. Their offensive line, they're maulers up there. The offensive line coach was my offensive line coach at Michigan State. Phenomenal technician. One of the best offensive line coaches. Uh, and you're dealing with Travis Kelsey, or uh, Jason Kelsey. Sorry, not Travis Kelsey. That was probably nightmares for <laughs> Cardinals fans. Uh, and Lane Johnson. And you look at what they're able to do. There is an identity, a pride that they have. They're banged up too. Who is going to plug and play there? But their skill players and Jalen Hurts is playing as well as anybody in this league right now at that position. Running back Miles Sanders, wide receiver AJ Brown, tight end Dallas Goddard. So it's not just Jalen Hurts, but they have surrounded him with talent and young talent to build what they hope is, you know, a team that makes the playoffs and has a nice long run in the postseason. Yeah, it's an offense that can beat you a lot of ways. Um, you know, this past week they had, they had inclement weather, um, and they kept the ball on the ground and and beat a, a good Jacksonville team. Um, and you know, coming into the the game, they they led, or I think they still do lead the league in explosive plays, which is a challenge for for any offense. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Vance Joseph is going to have his hands full this week because this. This is a, a, a really good offense, and um, you know you, you it, it's not a situation where if you shut down their best player, they've got nothing and, and they're going to be scrambling because like you just alluded to, uh, they have multiple ways to beat you and they have a lot of talent on offense and and the key, as Drew just said, is, is they have a tough physical offensive line that you have to deal with up front. 4 0 and 400 total yards of offense in each of those four wins. The challenge, what to do with Jalen Hurts? Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. He's tremendous. I, I told our staff, I mean, he's one of the best decision makers in the, the league as far as um, where to go with the football, when to throw it, when to tuck it, when to, you know, make plays. And he's always been a winner. I mean, I remember recruiting him in high school and legendary work ethic whether it was in high school or at Alabama or now at Philly you hear stories of how ladies there and how hard he's working and it pays off tremendous talent uh, they've done a great job building that offense around him great O-line great skill position players and, and he's really operating at a high level let's not though forget about the defense Kyle because number three in yards allowed tied for ninth in points allowed number one in takeaways number one in sacks and they have forced the most three and outs so that is something now on the challenge for head coach Cliff Kingsbury. It's not just an offense that has led the Eagles to this 4-0 start. They've got a very, very good defense. Good defense, and they're really good on special teams as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's a complete team. Um, you know, a, a familiar name that's playing really well, um, Hassan Reddick has. Um, he had two sack strips in the last game. In the last two games, he's got three and a half sacks and three, four fumbles. Um, you've got Jordan Davis, who... Uh, wowed everybody with his 40 at the combine, but he's a big physical player inside that's going to be a problem to deal with in the run game. Um, Drew talked about how good they are in coverage and the talent they have at at cornerback. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, this, you know, we talk about how challenging their offense is, but their defense, the way they're playing, is, is equally as challenging. Um, and it's going to be a challenge for, for Cliff and Kyler to come up with a game plan um, and execute it and, and get, get some yardage and, and touchdowns against this team, uh, particularly early in the game. Let's not get too carried away, though. They beat the Lions. <laughs> That's your former team. I know. Uh, yeah, both of our former teams, <laughs> and they're they're on pace to give up the most points ever in NFL history. They beat the Commanders, and everybody knows what Carson Wentz is about, right? And then they created four turnovers for a Jaguar team that's much improved. They went on and they put it on the Minnesota Vikings after they came up with. So again, they are a very good football team. You have to respect them, but I think this game plays very well into the Cardinals' hands of what they've been able to deal with and overcome, and they're ready to to really set their hair on fire and come out with a win. This offense is at its best when they are distributing the ball to everybody, much like the Eagles are. Whoever can get involved and keep everybody involved and keep defenses off their heels, because both of these teams are doing tremendously well on defense, that's the team that's going to have the most success. Whichever quarterback turns the ball over and tries to do too much, they're the ones that are going to be behind the eight ball and have a difficult time trying to win. Eagles spotted the Jaguars 14 points in that first quarter. Go on to win 29-21. Cardinals cannot spot the Eagles 14 points in the first quarter. That's just me. I mean, they need to get off to a fast start. Especially with how well the Eagles run the football and their talent and the running backs and and offensive line. Like we talked about, you get too far behind the Eagles, they're just going to grind it out on the ground. Again, 125 is the kickoff. 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. And, of course, we'll talk about it in one week's time here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Zach Larson, for Drew Stanton, Kyle Vandebosch, I'm Craig Riolu. Week 5, Cardinals 2-2 two and two, hosting the undefeated 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals football club. Oh.